Hey everyone, welcome to Give Me The D. And I'm talking details, dramas, dilemmas, discussions and all the dirt. When it comes to love and romance, there's stress and struggles, but there's also a journey of self-discovery, learning from the past and growing through experience. This show captures juicy stories, deep conversations and personal breakthroughs. I'm your host, the damsel in dating distress. Thanks for tuning in. Hi everyone, I hope you're well. So joining me today is the lovely Danny from the Grown Up Hustle podcast. So Grown Up Hustle is a mixture of honest chats, friendly debates and real life stories. It lays down the truth about adulting and all of the different struggles that we face on a daily basis. So Danny, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. How's it going? Yeah, it's great to be here. Great to join you. A little bit nerve-wracking. Oh, don't worry. This is going to be one of the most casual chats. First of all, let's talk about Grown Up Hustle. So what was the light bulb moment that triggered you to create your podcast? So I I met a girl over in Australia called Lauren. Um, I lived in Australia my whole adult life. And um, since coming back to the UK, Lauren and I both moved to the UK. And since coming back to the UK, Lauren, she lives in central London. She set up a modeling agency. I mean, I look at her life on Instagram and it looks absolutely fabulous. Mm-hmm. And she is subsequently looking at my life on Instagram thinking it's absolutely fabulous. And, you know, we are having a couple of wines and having a chat as you do, you know, slide into each other's DMs one night. And she, she sort of made this comment. And I was like, I started laughing. And she, you know, she's like, you know, your life looks so perfect. And it's, and I was like, hang on a minute. I was like, you haven't got a clue what goes on behind the scenes of my life. And then I said, what are you on about? I look at your life. You live in central London. You know, you have this successful um, agency. You've got a beautiful home. You have a great dog. And and she was like, yeah, but actually I'm, you know, I'm struggling with X, Y, and Z. And, and I was just like, it really kind of got me to thinking. And I just thought, wow, we're all facing kind of these different, you know, these different struggles. So then obviously lockdown happened. I've struggled coming to the UK a lot. I'm a veterinary nurse um, originally. I can't work as a veterinary nurse in the UK um, because I trained in Australia and I have to go back to university over here. And that's been a bit off-putting. I've moved to an area where, you know, I only have a couple of friends here. A lot of my friends live in sort of Surrey and the surrounding areas. And I just found it quite hard to adapt to life in the UK and so for me, I thought, okay, these are my struggles I'm going through. They're, they're very minimal in the grand scheme of things, but they're relatable to me. So then I started thinking about other people's struggles and journeys. And so came about the idea for the podcast. Amazing. You know, to your point about social media, I've said it again and again, but typically everyone tends to put up the nicer parts of life. It can be quite deceiving, but at the same time, you just don't know what happens behind closed doors. So what do you aim to achieve with Grown Up Hustle? Well, for me, I've always been fascinated by people's life stories. Mm -hmm. I'm a natural empath. I love any like alternative opinions. I love a good debate. I really love connecting with people. I'm naturally really chatty to the point where people used to ask my mum when I was little how she coped with me. And she said she just ignore me, which is, you know, charming, (laughs) but also benefited me as a teenager because I could get away with absolute murder. But I just kind of wanted to be able to, you know, make people feel comfortable around me and try and be like 
very open-minded and have a very easygoing approach and then create this sort of safe space with the podcast where people could come on and say, I'm an adult and this is shit or good, depending. And this is why, but, but as a more, I guess, casual chat where, where they felt like they could open up and then in turn, it was with the hope that other people would listen to the podcast and and be able to maybe relate whether they've gone through these experiences or someone they know, or just to know that actually this, this path called adulting is not easy. And we are all going through our own struggles, no matter how big or small they are, they're very relevant to each individual person. And it is just about knowing that you're not going at it alone. Any age as well, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, everyone has their own struggles. It's not easy. Exactly. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to basically talk about our love lives. Mutually, we agreed to mould this particular episode into, I guess, a more personal piece. So in terms of approaching this, I thought it'd be interesting to firstly summarise our relationships and going. I guess, down a timeline from our earliest up until now. We'll briefly describe the dynamics of each relationship and maybe dissect some of the highlights and then perhaps discuss some of the moments of realisation or any kind of tough lessons that we learned. Yeah, sounds great. All right. Bring it on. <laughs> okay, let's do it. <laughs> right. Um, why don't we start from, you know, the earliest relationship? Do you want to share your story? Yeah, definitely. So my first significant relationship, obviously, when you're a teenager, you have these little like teenage relationships. But my my first significant relationship, um, I got into when I was 15. And he was my in air quotes, first love, because I really believed that so much of the time. And I committed everything to him he was the man or the boy I should say that I lost my virginity to I was hook line and sinker and for me I mean the relationship was very normal and probably quite childish looking back but at the time it seemed serious you know we we were really really invested both of us in the relationship and like I said we were together for a couple of years and all of a sudden, one day, he was a bit older than me. He was a few years older than me. And um, just one day out of the blue, he he ended it. And he had ended it because he was cheating on me with someone of his own age. And that just absolutely, when I tell you, it crushed me. Yeah. I can still remember. And I mean, in some ways, it's laughable because my God, I've probably been through so much worse in my adult life. But you know what? For for that young girl, that was so detrimental because it's hard enough having your heart broken, but knowing that they've cheated on you is just, it, it just broke my soul. Yeah, a very similar story right there. Like I was nodding along. My first relationship was age 16. For me, I typically went for the bad boy because they were so attractive at the time. Obviously being young and naive in those stages, he was, you know, like you said, uh, my young first teenage love when you're experiencing a first relationship you're on cloud nine you're so invested everything's amazing and you're so captivated and he was just a very charming guy you know and in my eyes at the time he was perfect he was like the one and I don't even believe in shit (laughs) so we got got on like a house on fire it was really intense we were inseparable we were around each other all the time but over time um it just broke down because his true colors came out. 
it was my first exposure to toxicity as well. So um, he became very possessive. He was very controlling. He eventually isolated me. He said he was not comfortable with me being friends with guys. So that I'd have oh, to, wow. my, yeah, I'd have to cut off my friendships. And then he didn't like me wearing certain things, doing my hair a certain way. And then over time I became very resentful. I felt really lonely. We argued a lot. Then it became verbally abusive, slowly building up to physical abuse. Um, and then he cheated on me. And I only found out because he was drunk and he told me. Obviously after some time, I just found it so difficult to just leave him because I was so in love, quote unquote. And I had no support system. He was my support system because I was isolated. Eventually we did break up and um, yeah, that was it. But it was really hard. It was one of the toughest heartbreaks I've ever had to go through. That's a lot to go through at such a young age that what you've just said there, I sadly believe is actually a tale as old as time and something that women go through time and time again. And some men go through time and time again. Mm. But generally, you expect to see that sort of behavior in a slightly older relationship to be you were still a child at that age to be trying to go through that and deal with that and deal with those emotions is that would have done a lot of long term detrimental sort of like effects to your your outlook on relationships and life and love absolutely I mean as we go down the timeline you'll see like just how much it carried over that impact when I look back I'm just like oh wow how did I not spot that but I was young you don't you just don't see these things but you learn um, and you become a lot stronger right shall we go down the timeline now to the next one yeah let's do it so I was obviously cut for a really long time. I did not think that I was ever going to get over this boy. And I'm talking a long time of really struggling. Mm. And um, and I met someone, um, he was from Holland. Uh, he was older than me. Mm. Um, I thought he, he was a bad boy. I thought he was pretty cool. He was an MC and he, he was just... He was everything my parents would have never wanted me to have been with, of course. I (laughs) ran to him. I literally ran to him. (laughs) The more they said no, the more I ran. And I actually ended up moving to Holland to be with him. That relationship was just disaster upon disaster. He cheated. He had a horrendous temper, uh, absolutely disgraceful temper he'd had a very and I'm not excusing this but I do believe that your the effects of your childhood play a huge impact on your roles as an adult in a relationship and he had had a very very I won't go into it because you know it's not my place to share but he'd had a very very difficult childhood a very extreme and different childhood that the majority of people would not even be able to wrap their heads around. I do believe that that had a huge impact on him. So although I'm not excusing the behavior now as an adult, looking back, I definitely do understand the behavior, but I think unfortunately for me, excusing all of that, once again, that, that adultery came in the cheating, the heartache. And I was quite isolated actually at that point because I was, in Holland without my family, with a very small friendship network that I had built up. You know, I I was very out of my depth. Mm. And it's hard because being cheated in your first relationship, but then have it happen again in your second, plus more, that definitely has a detrimental effect. It definitely set the tone for me after that. Um, 
for the point that I would unfortunately I think it instilled poor traits in me and then I went on then to actually cheat myself in relationships because the more it seemed for me that I liked someone Mm. the more I would try and push them away and I also felt like by me cheating and I'm not talking necessarily sex it could be a kiss it could be whatever but by me doing this I felt like that was giving me some emotional protection because then if I found out they cheated I'd be like in my head ha well I got there first I now look back if I could go back and apologize to the people I hurt during that stage in my life I wholeheartedly would and Mm -hmm. if by any chance anyone's listening I I am genuinely sorry my behavior was not acceptable but I do feel that for every action in life there's no excusing my behavior but for every action in life there is also ultimately a a reaction and everything just has a knock-on effect and it's not until you get to a certain age and you can sit as we are today looking back quite comfortably at our younger selves when you're at an age as we are where you are very comfortable and confident in who you are what you are and you can appreciate your right and wrongs then you can really see where you maybe did get things quite wrong Absolutely. And I always say it's just a learning curve. And through time, we're always learning, we're always growing, developing, adapting. And I think it's so important to always reflect, have that self-awareness and just think next time, how can I be better? To your point about how you carried on the cheating and everything as a defense mechanism, essentially, I agree. Although I've never cheated, I did carry my, I guess, this really sour attitude into my next relationship. The traits that I found in my first boyfriend I had then kind of carried over and um, yeah and it was a way for me to control a situation to be horrible be patronizing I think that that's that is very common in itself as well because you haven't healed from what you've been through and it can go one of two ways when you enter into your next relationship you can either a not allow yourself to get close to someone and try and do that self-preservation that I did or you can go the opposite direction and have that attitude have that jealousy controlling patronizing whatever it is because what we were both doing although very different was a way of trying to gain control and self-preserve our emotions that's it exactly and you pick the nail right on the head basically so after that first relationship I was still allowing the relationship to continue so we were very on and off for a few more months after we'd broken up eventually I did walk away clearly I was emotionally unstable at the time I needed to heal myself but I found the best way to heal myself at the time was to jump into another relationship so I was age 19 at this time and instead of going for the bad boy I went quite the opposite direction and went for someone really soft, really kind hearted. But I became this toxic monster who was able to put on a facade and suppress all this heartbreak and pain that I was going through. And bless him, I ended up taking advantage of him, where I was disrespecting him, tried to dominate him and control him. I would play mind games. I thought it was funny. He was so patient with me. And I was displaying absolutely psychotic behavior. (laughs) Honestly, I was just trying to wind him up, just trying to cause arguments and rifts because from my last relationship, that's what I was used to. I guess I was just looking for drama. So in the end, I became really bored of him. And then I broke up with the guy, poor thing. So after that, I actually checked myself into therapy. Well done. 
yeah, I, I knew that was something up with me. You know, I wasn't really talking to many of my friends at the time. Uh, I had really bumped heads with my family, didn't have them as a support system. So it was just me dealing with these emotions that I didn't know, you know, how to handle. To be that accountable at that age, 21 is still a baby. It is very, very young to be that accountable for your actions at 21 to the point that you know you need help and you have to go to therapy. That's actually quite admirable. And that's something you should be really proud of. Oh, thank you throwing laptops, metal hangers, high heels at people just because you are trying to get your point across. That's the moment of realisation. You just think, you know what, there's clearly something wrong with me. I can't even control myself. I can't stop shouting. Why am I so angry? But it's because you could never express yourself in your last relationship for fear of control, arguments, violence, drama. So you just carried all of that toxicity into your next relationship and then just use him as your outlet, really you know how you apologize to anyone that you hurt I feel exactly the same to this guy it kind of pains me when I think about it and I'm definitely not that person anymore for sure thank you exactly so Danny tell me about next one I guess the next one for me, the next real, I had a couple of sort of smaller relationships in between. Um, I had a chap who I was dating. He'd, um, he was divorced. I had a little girl. He lied to me about his age. He said he was older than what he was, which was a bit of a weird one. Um, he also said that he owned his property that he lived in. Uh, long story short, n- none of that was true. And I, I found out and they were very strange lies because they weren't lies that would have made me date him or not date him. Um, but, but things started to go a bit uh, sort of amiss there. And I, the icing on the cake for that relationship, which I laugh about so much now. So this is back in the days of old school mobile phones where the SIM card is what holds the information. So he lived in an apartment and it had like these sort of like slanty windows that you sort of pushed open mm-hmm. and he came back one one night to the apartment and I was there and he was drunk and there'd been a lot that had gone on that evening and it just, I just knew I knew he, I knew he'd been cheating I'm not stupid I knew he'd been cheating um so obviously in my typical woman tried to grab the phone and he was trying to stand because the phone was going off you know and he, he was drunk and he was texting I tried to grab the phone anyway he had an absolute appy and he threw the phone across the room unfortunately for him in his drunken aim the phone went straight out the window and it fell down onto the ground below so the pair of us he's going crazy because it's his work phone and he's obviously very drunk I'm sober as a judge and I knew exactly what I was doing I followed him downstairs he's trying to pick up the pieces of his phone I found the sim card that sim card literally got hidden in my pocket he's going crazy because he can't find the sim card I'm like oh dear go and sleep it off we'll look for it in the morning obviously as soon as he passed out drunk that sim card went straight into my phone concerningly he had actually been um, at a girl's house who I had known for years. Um, mm, yeah. And the only reason I knew it was her is because I had the number saved on my phone because we were friends. And the text messages that came through were, I didn't care, I guess, that much about him in hindsight looking back. And it is just one of those funny dating stories. But I just thought, oh, here we go again. Like, are you serious with the with the cheating? Like, <laughs> It was just this theme through my whole life <laughs> up until recent years, to be fair. <laughs> do you think, a uh, side kind of question, do you think it was the type of guy you were going for? Or... Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. Like you're putting something out there 
that is attracting these people into your life. And I do believe going back to your comment about therapy and I did a lot of self-work when I came out of my relationship that I'd been in prior to now being in the relationship with my husband. I did a lot of self-work and that then enabled me to understand what I wanted, which we'll get into a bit more later. But definitely, I think when you are just, you're full of this, this like negative toxic energy almost. Well, yeah, you're going to keep misery attracts company and you're going to keep attracting like for like, aren't you? So something's got to change within you to change the dynamic within your relationships. But unless you do that self-work, you're going to keep attracting those people. Absolutely. Yeah. I wanted to hear your opinion on that because I absolutely agree. For a long time, I was attracting the same people and I just wondered why. Like you said, it's because you haven't done that self-work and you haven't looked internally at what your issues are. It's a bit of a hard one to chew, isn't it? You know, that you have to be accountable for yourself and your fault in these relationships, because it's very easy to put all the things, all the shit on the other person. But actually, there's two sides to everything. So you have to think what dynamic you brought in, whether that was your own toxicity or just being a doormat, one or the other, you have to be accountable for yourself. And sometimes it's hard to look at that because, you know, when you look at yourself in the mirror, that ego, hold on, I'm wrong. No, no, no. This is, it's them for sure. You know, (laughs) you just have to put, hold your hand up and say, look, I'm an arsehole. (laughs) That's that. It's hard. Like that's a hard thing to do. And you can only, I know a lot of actual fully fledged adults who can't do that. So, you know, for someone in their late teens, early twenties, that's, that's a hard one, you know, to admit your fault to see your fault even is a hard one even after therapy it was good to speak to someone objectively it's one thing hearing someone say certain things or reading books but you have to put it into action so my next relationship I still had some of that toxicity carrying over I mean I was definitely better but I still wasn't healed and this whole relationship dynamic didn't help anyway because I then decided to go back towards a bad boy And then I really lost myself in this relationship. You know, eventually I found out that he was an addict to smoking weed because he was such an exciting guy. I was just like, okay, well, you know, he's really fun. He's really charming. He's very funny. This is great. You know, it's given me that dopamine kick. Yeah, this is exciting. Essentially, I became, I guess, a combination of a pothead after a year and very paranoid. And it tapped into my crazy behavior again. A year and a bit down the line, I started developing trust issues and he had a lot of girlfriends so I would go down his phone read his messages create stories in my head accuse him of cheating I wasn't sure if he did but it made sense to me for me it felt like I had the right to do it the rights quote-unquote because he wasn't very ambitious he had lost his job at the time and you know I felt like I had the upper hand and because of that thinking I ended up belittling him again playing mind games poked at the fact that he wasn't this alpha male that I wanted so that ended had to take out another year to fully work on myself be relationship free sort my head out learn about myself and really fix myself up properly this time really invest the time in myself I mean again though you were young and you had tried and nobody's perfect you're not going to get it perfect nobody's perfect and you're not going to get it right all the time so as much as okay some of your behaviors weren't acceptable from an outsider's point of view, from the story you've just told me, 
I'm looking at this in an unbiased view. Some of his behaviours were unacceptable. So realistically, neither of you are bringing to the table what needs to be there for a healthy, balanced relationship. Yeah, I'm really glad. I think after that, that was definitely a trigger moment to say, relationships just aren't working for me right now. Let me take a step back. And it's so important to take a break from dating. Oh, yeah relationships and I've definitely learned that even more so in my 30s up until that moment that relationship I think I could say that I I guess gone through the learning and development for me after my toxic relationships I did take some time out to myself Um, during that time I uh, went away to Ibiza with my friends Mm -hmm. Uh, I met a guy from Canada Mm -hmm. um, and we started dating And I then we were back and forth, back and forth. I spent a lot of time in Canada. I thought at the time that I was falling in love with him. When I look back, I was falling in love with Canada. I definitely wasn't falling in love with him. I was falling in love with the idea of this different, different life. Yeah. Um, But that relationship was a very good one for me, even though quite relatively short lived in the grand scheme of things. Most of my relationships have been like, years long as opposed to just you know six months or a year that was a very short short-lived one for me mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things but it, the breakdown of that relationship made me realize that I wanted to go traveling mm-hmm. so I actually spent two years backpacking completely and I hate to say it because it sounds so cliched but I really did find myself I made friends with my now one of my bestest friends ever she's like my sister within a couple of months of traveling we traveled the whole world together we we went off on a some old rickety sailboat like living off the land on like Fijian islands spear fishing we we took far too many risks far too many risks for two young girls but we really did have this like dream and this adventure and I guess those for me those two years of of time on my own and growth really helped me kind of get past what I thought I was looking for in someone and start opening my eyes to what might also be out there. Where you said it was quite cheesy that you you were finding yourself. It does happen. It's cliche. (laughs) It's cliche, but it actually, it's the truth. So many people in like my social circle, they've gone out traveling for like a couple of years and they loved it because you learn about different cultures. You make friends with loads of different people. Take everything away. You've got no comforts. You've got nothing. You've got your backpack and yourself. Basically, it's not even just about learning yourself, it's learning about the things to appreciate in life, the smaller things, the little moments. I think it's wonderful that you took that time out, and I'm so glad you enjoyed it. It sounds like a dream, to be honest. It was a dream. (laughs) It was a dream. I don't, don't, still don't believe that that was my life. Some of the things that we did, like me and my friend will talk about it now and just be like, oh my God, remember when? And you just think, And also like my poor parents, like if they knew half the stuff that we'd got up to, oh my God, they would have just, they would have been having a breakdown, but what they didn't know didn't hurt them. So it was fine. And we came back alive and well, so, you know, that's the main thing. (laughs) Great memories. You create some, so, and you can hold that inside of you forever. I mean, my next relationship was, you know, I was actually okay. And this time around I was what, 25. Um, So I ended up, seeing someone and I'd worked with him but we kind of kept it very low-key but unfortunately he was the insecure one this time around and I was actually okay I kind of knew myself and I was a lot more confident um but long story short the relationship broke down I think it lasted for just under a year or so he basically found a way to get into my work emails 
my conversations on the internal comm system. He discovered my Facebook password and he basically through. Yeah, he rummaged around all the messages, found nothing. And during a disagreement, he basically let it slip that he invaded my privacy. He became incredibly jealous at a Christmas work party. It was a karaoke night. He went off on one because I decided to duet with one of the guys at work as, as a laugh. We had a massive argument that night. He was just extremely needy. It's not what I needed at the time. I was already checked out at this point. I was like, do you know what? Like, I'm going to break up with you. But first, let me take a girl's trip away. So, <laughs> so I went on holiday, came back, broke up with him. And that was the end of that. That's a, yeah, that's like red flag central for me. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. Invasion of privacy. I do think this is what I think. It's a fine line. Invasion of privacy when you have solid evidence and you need to know more because you're not getting answers. Okay, I get it. Invasion of privacy in general? Yeah. No. Like if you feel that you have to check constantly yeah. and you're never finding anything, that's the worst part, then, yeah. then there's a problem there. There's a problem right there. It was a good learning curve as well. I realized I can't date needy guys. I don't like jealous guys. I don't like needy yeah. guys. Yeah. Like, it's too- no, I'll be running for the hills. <laughs> They're draining. They are very, I've displayed that behavior. So I know exactly how draining it is for people and yourself. Definitely. Unfortunately, after my traveling, I I, I had sort of a little bit of dating and and so on and so forth. And then I ended up getting with um, my ex of six years. So I spent six years of my life with this um, boy, man, Um, and he told me for six years that he didn't love me. So it wasn't, he never said, I love you. And he actually said, I don't love you. I like you. I care about you, but I don't love you. Again, there was nothing. He didn't really do anything that bad. My own stupidity kept me there. And at the time we were on an application for our Australian passports. Mm -hmm. So there was no breaking up. You know, you just kept trying and you kept working at it. And I look back, he was no angel. He, I remember one day opening my iPad and um, he'd left his Facebook messenger, literally logged in. So I hadn't like gone rummaging or anything like that. And he'd been messaging this, this girl back and forth. It was inappropriate conversation. It was. And he he did have a little habit of, of doing that. But I think he was never really... I don't think he was ever very happy. Oh, I, it's not that he wasn't very happy with our relationship. I don't think I was ever right for him. So it was more a, a relationship than, or it became more of a relationship of circumstance. And, you know, we had shared common interests and stuff. So on paper, you would think that that relationship would work. Mm. But in theory, it didn't. And, um, you know, that's that's quite a tough one. And he used to say, I, I found out years later that um, I've actually got quite a lot of um, fertility issues but I I didn't know that I had these issues um, back then so I would obviously find sex quite painful and it would be quite problematic and for him he said I can't love you unless I have more sex and for me I'm like I'm not going to feel comfortable having sex with you unless I have the love so where do you go from there and now looking back oh my god really but at the time you go with it because that's the situation you're in and nothing else was, you know, like I said, on paper, everything seemed fine, but, but no, it really wasn't. 
you know, eventually we just <laughs> just cut it neat and no hard feelings. And we, we've yeah. both moved on with our lives now, which is, you know, which is great and all the best type thing. But but yeah, it took it took a long time because of the whole situation with going for, you know, the Australian yeah. passport. Stuff. Stance, isn't it that just kept you guys together essentially and you together yeah and you just always think oh maybe it'll change when this happens maybe yeah. things will change when that but nothing ever changes because if you're not meant to be together then you're not meant to be together are you so sometimes just flogging a dead horse <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's the hope that kills you more than anything I wanted to try and fix him I felt like he had issues so for me I had done the self-work but yeah. then I thought that I could fix him and his issues because I'm like well I you know I've done my self-work and I've done my therapy. And like I said, you know, I've definitely been, been a bit of a shit in the past as well when I was younger. So I had done this work and then I was like, oh, like, let me force this onto you. But, you know, that's, that doesn't work. But in my head at the time, and I was still, you know, I was youngish at this point. I was, you know, late, late 20s, sort of, you know. At those ages, you, you think you're so smart and you think you know it all. And you're just like, you know, I've done the self-work let me save you let me yeah let me help you out here and you just end up shitting all over yourself really because you you're the yep. one resentful you get pissed off and you just like yep. <laughs> it's I think many listeners can probably resonate with this <laughs> well, um, I've come into my last relationship now so basically I've actually spoken about this guy a couple times now in my blog and I think I've touched on him a little bit um, throughout my podcast but I mean I won't bore people with details but he was basically a pathological liar so you know how you were talking about one of the guys that you had a relationship with and you said that he would lie about really menial things yeah yeah so this guy was exactly the same so I kind of feel like he might have perhaps been a sociopath based on his behavior yeah but, um over time I discovered just how unhinged he really was I mean thankfully the relationship didn't last too long but my goodness he was a piece of work um I'd never experienced anything like that hence why I started my blog because I was just in shock um the last lie that he gave me was that he was dying um and that you know oh, right okay yeah, yeah. Alive, then, though, is he I'm assuming <laughs> he's still alive I, well I don't know but, I mean God forgive me if he is actually dying, but um, I mean, he would go as far as lying about something like that because the initial lie that he spat the first time around was he pretended that his son was his nephew. So then even when I called him out, he found out, yeah, he denied it. So anyone who denies a child, that (laughs) for me is. Yes. No, like your child is your child. That's your flesh and blood. And they come first and foremost before anything can anyone in the world. So if you deny having that child, Mm -hmm. that speaks absolute volumes about a person to me. Exactly. So it was those type of wild lies that I just couldn't deal with. And he became a little bit stalkerish. So he was sending letters to my house, sending gifts to my house like months after. So then I just basically told him to F off Mm. quite firmly. And then that's when he told me, oh, I'm dying. So I want to see you for the last time. Oh, I couldn't help it. I had to laugh. <laughs> I, yeah, no, I think I would have too, to be fair. else. <laughs> like lying to that degree is just sick. Sick. Yeah, sad. dude, if you're listening by any chance, like go and get help. Yeah. That is not normal behavior. It really isn't. So that was my last relationship. And then after that, Danny, I'm just 
very happy <laughs> and very content right now. I'm enjoying your best life. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, yes, I'm in lockdown, but you know what? I'm very happy in lockdown at least. <laughs> so there you go. That is my timeline of my relationship. Well, for me, after that six-year relationship, I just knew that I needed to really get my priorities straight because yes, I had done my self-work, but things still weren't quite right with me. And I, like I said, you know, you've got to be accountable for your behavior and actions, both good and bad, and your part that you played in, you know, whatever relationship it was. And I think that once you sort of get to know yourself and then you're comfortable with knowing what it is you want, then you can go forward into a healthy relationship. So for me, I knew I wanted trust. That was above and beyond. I needed to be able to trust. But basically, it's not just trust about adultery, but that was a big one for me. I, I needed to know that the person I was with really had eyes for me and just me. And honesty was very key for me. I knew that I wanted friendship yeah. And I knew that I wanted support and I kind of knew that I wanted someone that I could feel safe with and that they would always put me first because I will always put my partner first and I expect the same back. And how my family unit works is my dad has always put myself and my mum first. So this is this is a real core fundamental. And for me, I already knew my uh, now husband. We were best friends since high school. We used to be housemates. We had carried each other through all different sorts of breakups, dating advice. I mean, we literally went through the highs and lows of each other's lives together. Um, And we came together really organically because obviously the distance had completely changed the dynamic of the relationship over time. So, yes, we had seen each other, but we hadn't really... I guess, fully connected like we used to. And it's just amazing how much time can change things as you grow. So, and I'm sure like when we did finally came out and say, you know, to people that we were, we were together in a couple, I'm sure everyone thought that we were having it off for years, but I swear we've got no reason to lie. So if any of our exes are listening to this, I promise you, that we were not having it off the whole time behind you guys' backs. Like, it was just... Because it seemed unbelievable. People were like, no. And everyone always knew us as being close friends and partners in crime. But there really was. It was just a friendship. And then all of a sudden, something just changed. So we ended up entering into a relationship. Mm -hmm. We got married very, very quickly. Um, the wedding was planned within eight weeks and people thought we weren't actually kidding when we said it Um, my husband planned the whole wedding I just said to him these are my terms and conditions Um, don't want to get married in a church Uh, I'd like a party in the house or you know in our home Um, I like some flowers and just some good music and he pulled this together I mean thank god for him because I could not organize a piss up in a brewery to be honest I'm just like so airy fairy but he just got got all of my boxes ticked and he pulled together this incredible sort of wedding and we for our wedding vows I I didn't want to be I literally had a few people at my service and I want to get married at the registry office we got married at the city hall and we went through the book of like what the registrar says and we just looked for the shortest lines possible and just ticked them and that was like, right, so we can get in and out. Like we did our service and people were looking at each other like that was it. But we did both have our own little snippets. We said, and one of my vows in, you know, one of the lines of my vows was that I'll never trust anyone like I trust you. 
And that really summarizes everything that I knew that I needed in a life partner. So, you know, I'll be realistic. We are not perfect. If you look at our relationship on Instagram, yeah, guys, you're going to think that we're living our best life. We are not perfect. We definitely argue, you know, we're a normal, healthy couple, but we both admittedly suck at conflict. I am like a dog with a bone. So I will keep going at, 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 at constantly. He will then leave because there's just, he can't deal with this constant, you know, but that's fine. So we suck at conflict resolution, but we do, the one thing that we both have is we both have mutual respect for each other. So we love each other, we respect each other and we can sort of come back together. And I mean, I'm quite a free-spirited hippie. I'm very extrovert, I'm very out there. And he's really intellectual. He's very well-spoken, very quiet. And, you know, he's he's an introvert. So like- if you look at us on paper, we're like chalk and cheese. We have different hobbies, different mm. interests. We act differently. We dress differently. But ironically, it works perfectly. Yeah. So you look when I say my last relationship looked great on paper, but it didn't work. This does not work on paper, but in real life, it it does. It just does work. And I think that the the biggest thing for me is like to summarize relationships, you're, you're never going to find your perfect match. Yeah. It's finding someone who's like, you know, 90% okay. And the 10% of shit you can put up with. And, you know, not everything that we do or we think is, you know, in favor and complete agreeal of both parties, but we work with that and we talk, we're friends. So we talk and these are like, you know, these are like our core fundamentals and our non-negotiables and it's kind of what sealed the deal for us that's it and I think like going back to the core fundamentals core values I think it's so important to iron out before you get into any relationship because you need to that's basically who you are right they're your principles they're your beliefs and you need to find someone that complements them you know? definitely um definitely. So, and I think you know even though you described you and your husband as chalk and cheese essentially you guys know how to compromise it's the mutual respect piece as well. That it works because whereas I'm, I'm a complete daredevil. I'm a complete yeah. risk taker. I think nothing through. I run at everything head first. Mm-hmm. I think that my husband is the complete opposite and he is very pragmatic. He thinks everything through. He is not a daredevil or a risk taker. And he's like, I guess he will hold me back when I'm going crazy, but I will also give him the push that he needs and that's when it it's it balances each other out doesn't it exactly oh that's so beautiful I really like that I love the story and you know oh, it's so like cheesy though isn't it like oh yeah so I ended up you know marrying my high school best friend like come on like seriously but that is what happened you know there are good guys out there it's just about finding the guy that's for you I never dreamt in a million years that he was the guy for me as the same way I'm sure he didn't dream in a million years that I was the woman for him. But it just something clicked. And, you know, going back to those those non-negotiables, those core, you know, fundamentals of, of any relationship, I always say you need to write a list of 10 things. So five of them are your non-negotiables. These are what I want in a relationship and I am not prepared to settle for anything else and then the other five are things that you would like they haven't got to tick all five boxes but these are your ideals and if if someone you know it's not a guaranteed recipe for success but if someone does actually tick most of those boxes I think you've got half a chance of making it work haven't you yeah definitely 
helps to identify a successful relationship yeah yeah and I also think you know you have to go through the dramas the issues the the shitty relationships and the crappy times because how are you going to know what you want if you don't find out what you don't want and you know for the majority of women I think that we have got the strength and the common sense, even though we might stay a little bit too long with some of these relationships, we know when it's time to leave and check out. Obviously, I know that that doesn't follow suit for everyone, but I would say for the majority. So even though they can be quite destructive at the time, it's what's molded you into who you are today. And you know now what you're going to want to take into your next relationship. I think, you know, life always finds a way to just make things work. You know, it doesn't matter how much shit you go through. There is always a light at the end of the tunnel, as cheesy as that sounds, but you do find your way. And I don't think relationships actually, and I'm not sure if this is the right outlook. I don't think relationships or marriage are the be all and end all. I didn't, I didn't really want to get married. It wasn't like, oh, it's my life dream to get married. And I want a big wedding and I want a big ass dress and I want to be the center of attention. We were literally like, do you know what? Fuck it. Should we get married? Yeah, cool. We did it got it over and done with, you know, and and we loved our wedding day and we love being married to each other. But do I think it's changed the dynamic of our relationship? No, absolutely not. I mean, my husband's from quite a traditional family. I, I think that his, his mum, bless her, she's lovely. I think she quite likes her kids to be married if they're cohabiting and, you know, and that's cool. We, we were cool with it. And we because we've known each other for so many years that's why we didn't you know it wasn't such a big deal to get married so quickly but um but it just it's not the be all and end all of life uh, the same way as having a life partner yeah. is not the be all and all of life you can you can do life really well on your own and i think that's becoming more normalized now the way people see things you know attitudes have changed so much you don't have to have children as well children aren't for everyone we don't have children we're not going to have children they we've we've discussed it like i said i have got fertility issues it the chances are it probably wouldn't happen yes we could try ivf do we particularly want to no not really we're happy we've got the dogs you know we've got each other it's it's fine and it's not that abnormal anymore Exactly. And, you know, some couples might just want to cohabit and do more travelling. Maybe some people do want the big wedding. You know, there's no one size fits all. It's just doing what feels right for you. That's it. Well, that was a really intense but really good discussion. Therapy session. (laughs) I think at the same time, the stuff that we discussed, it's very helpful to understand that these relationship situations and hiccups that we go through everyone suffers from. oh it's all of us yeah, for sure it's all of us we're all going through this journey I've got one final question that I want to end okay up. so what was it about your husband like the one thing about your husband that made you think yeah you know what I really want to be with you for the rest of my life hmm. <laughs> well I mean obviously you know the sexual chemistry because that's just <laughs> fabulous but um... <laughs> I didn't know it was there. It really caught me off guard. To be honest, if anyone had said to me about it, I would have been like, oh, really? But wow, really? So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's obviously a great help. But, um, but no, on a more serious note, for me, it, it it's the care factor. It's the fact that he, that man puts me before himself. Mm-hmm. And he's incredible. He's incredible with my family. He's just so caring he's so thoughtful he's so mindful of everything that he does and how his actions and behaviors will 
affect me. And he's he's got great morals. And obviously I know all of these things because I've known him for years. And it's not like we both said, you know, when you meet someone, you might only know them a couple of years. You don't really know them, know them. We know each other. We've grown up together. So the good, the bad, the ins, the outs, everything. I knew what I was marrying when I married him. And I knew that he was at the core, a good man. I love that. And Danny, when you talk about him, I can just see like you glow when you talk about him. And I think it's so wonderful. It makes my heart melt a little bit. So nice. And I can tell because when you're going through your exes, you're just like, yeah, and they did this and this happened. <laughs> him, it's, it's a different level. I don't have any hard feelings for my exes, the good and the bad. They did wrong. I did wrong. Like on the off chance anyone's listening, no hard feelings, no dramas. Life goes on. Hope you're all happy. It's different. It is different with my husband, million percent. I'm so happy for you guys. That's wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> Everyone's like, ah. <laughs> you know, on Instagram and all our social medias, we see a lot of negativity around relationships and this, that, and this. It's really nice to hear the good stuff as well. People don't put the good stuff out there as much as they do the bad. Exactly. But we should. I don't know. Danny, before I wrap up, do you want to let the listeners know where they can find you? Yeah, sure, definitely. So my, I'm on Instagram. I'm also on Twitter and Facebook um, under the Grown Up Hustle podcast. So I predominantly use Instagram. So feel free to slide into my DMs or give me a follow. Um, and for the podcast, I'm available on all major platforms, uh, you know, Apple, Spotify, Google, SoundCloud. So yeah, if you guys fancy coming and giving me a listen, you know, feel free, leave some reviews. <laughs> Awesome. And of course, I'll share all the details once I publish this episode. Wow. Oh, that's my dear. Thank you so much for taking a trip down memory lane with me. I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, I've I loved it. Yeah, I loved hearing all your personal stories, getting to know you and just resonating with you. So yeah, it's been wonderful. And I think together we've definitely gone through some, a fair share of bullshit. <laughs> but we definitely came out happier, stronger, more resilient. And I'm just glad that we can talk about it as two gals and it's nice to connect I knew I'd connect with you from the moment I first spoke to you on on voice notes on Instagram so it's lovely to connect with you and thank you so much for having me on oh anytime honestly it's my pleasure and to the listeners I really hope you enjoyed this episode thank you so much for tuning in and I'll be back next week see you later bye